1: Let's begin.
3: Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. So, here's the big question. I came downstairs this morning to make my coffee and get ready, and my wife had already set out a Valentine's card, some nice things out there for me. This was the first year I actually had bought a Valentine's card far enough in advance, but I had to go find it. But anyway, it was really fun. So, how many of you guys out there scramble to go get, remember, oh, it's Valentine's Day, and you're scrambling to go out? I'd love to hear from you. Text me, (laughs) tell me how you prepare in advance. Like, I did this year, which is so out of character for me, and how many of you are actually scrambling here on this day? Anyway, we're grateful to have you as our listener, Mr. and Mrs. Valentine out there. So Valentine's greetings to you all. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format, You'll listen to it anytime, anywhere. And we have in our Hot Topic segment some really interesting information. We've got Russ Anderson joining Jack and I, and uh, of course, the rest of the podcast team. But Jack and Russ used to work together at Texas Capital Bank. We're going to be talking about some really interesting topics. I mean, a lot of mortgage bankers don't necessarily think about cash management, but we're going to get you awakened to that. So both Russ and Jack have retired in one sense, but they're still involved in the mortgage industry. We're thrilled to have them. But this is a really important topic for IMBs when it comes to basic cash management. And you think, well, we're a small little company. We're not subject to that. Well, guess what? You are. And you're going to benefit from today's podcast so i'm looking forward to having you on all the way through to the hot topic segment let's say a special thank you to industry syndicate thrilled with them and the promotion of our podcast we promote them they promote us and along with a whole lot of other podcasts encourage you to check out industrysyndicate.com also the mortgage bankers association of america should become a member of that but please also be signed up for the Mortgage Action Alliance application. Thrilled with our participation, all that the MBA does for us. Also, Finastra, we've got another conference coming up with Finastra at the ICBA conference down in San Antonio. Very exciting, some of the things going on within Finastra. We also have Chris coming up, who's the president of America's division part of Finastra. Again, they're an international company, but I do encourage you to go back and listen to the October 4th interview we did with Karen Jenkins, which talked about their strategy and how they design their system. It's an open architecture that they have designed that really allows other vendors to connect in with Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution. Great to have them as a sponsor, as well as Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. we got two conferences coming up. Both of these organizations are co-ops that allow you to get up and close with your peers, as well as vendors. We're members of both of these co-ops, and that's a great way for you to, again, find out what's going on with people in a smaller, more intimate setting where more is shared. So we've got the Mortgage Collaborative coming up at the end of March, and we've got the Lenders One coming up at the beginning of March. So just made my hotel reservations for both of them. Looking forward to being there. Also really excited about having Total Expert as one of our newest sponsors. We're doing a great job of helping people connect with consumers, and so be sure to check out Total Expert. They're well known in the industry. So don't have to say a lot, but for those of you that have not checked out the Total Expert, please do so. We have more information on them in upcoming podcasts. Also, Knowledge Coop, great way to sign up for their upcoming new releases. go to try the C O O P C-O-O-P.com, and get signed up. They'll be releasing the new version on April 1st. And also, then there's Mobility MMI and Modex. Really intelligent tools that these two companies have on recruiting and getting insights. I was talking to one of my clients earlier today, the folks over at 3 a.m., we referred to them at Elkova, and we're talking about the importance of the data that you can get. It really helps you. And I'm, I wonder how many of you are communicating, using these tools to really communicate out to your branches, the intelligence. So it's great for recruiting, but the data that they have in both of these systems allow you to get insights into the real estate community and who, being the realtors, is selling what. And it gives you, down to the transaction level, powerful tool, Cap Mobility MMI, as well as MODX, both in our website, as well as by just going directly to their uh, websites. But anyway, also SnapDocs, thrilled to have them as a sponsor with over 3 million mortgage closings this year that they've done. They work with title companies, they work with notaries and lenders, it's just a powerful tool if you're not familiar with that the company, what they're doing. Check it out. Also check out the interview I did with Vishal Rana back in September 13th of last year, as well as Success Kit. Thrilled to have them as a sponsor. They're a very effective way to reach your audience through the testimonies of your clients or your customers. We're using them more and more. I'm just so thrilled with what the quality of what they do. So check out Success Kit. Toolkit.io. Also, Ledger's Toolkit is one of our newer sponsors. Thrilled to have Brent Imler with us as well as Brett. Excited to be a part of that organization What all that they do. I was talking to Kimberly Nichols, one of our other newest sponsors, Penny Mac. Thrilled to see what they're doing. The new name is Penny Mac TPO. That's how they branded it. And so, check out Penny Mac TPO. Go back and listen to the interview we had with Kim Nichols on November 1st, of this last year. Finally, also DW Consulting, Debbie Lemus, does a great job of helping you prepare your LinkedIn profile. Appreciate all of our sponsors. Thank you so much. Also, a special thank you goes out to Rob, Les, Alice, Allen, Matt, and Jack as the co host We normally would go out to Rob Van Rapport at this point to get the MBA Mortgage Minute, but they're not publishing today. They did send us one, and also Alice told me earlier that they didn't send out the MBA newsletter. So, not sure why? Maybe they're celebrating Valentine's or a little bit like Jack suggested earlier. Maybe a little too much celebrating the Super Bowl. Anyway, let's get over to Les Parker with his TM Spotlight and a macro view of the markets. Les. TM
1: Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. When a bull loves a market, can't keep its mind on rich or cheap. The premise that perception is reality leads to detrimental fantasy. Ask a man that thinks he understands his valentine thoroughly and then gets a sharp no when he asks to split the check. His perception meets reality. In the financial world, markets price all perceptions expressed in a buy or sell. Perception is how each investor sees the world. Reality is the price of each financial instrument. Rich or cheap, doesn't matter. When a bull loves a the market, these views are my own. Find love for markets at tmspotlight.com.
2: Oh okay. yeah.
3: choice, Les Barker. Great song choice on a Valentine's Day. So he tied in a something Valentine's there, Matt, in with what's going on on the market. Anyway, Matt, good to have you here. Matt Graham, founder and CEO of MBS Live, a must-have technology, a website that keeps you up with the top of the markets. So I've got it open all the time, mbslive.net.
2: Matt, what's going on today? Hey, David. So the bond market, right? Things have been pretty crazy past couple of weeks. In fact, past month or so, as we are continually in the process of repricing our expectations for Fed policy. And that is the broad stroke. That's why rates are rising. And there are no other reasons unless we want to trace them back to their root causes and things like inflation and whatnot. But the big moves followed the Fed. And last week, we had a very interesting Thursday, let's put it that way, CPI, Consumer Price Index, came out on Thursday. And I personally don't often get surprised, as surprised as I was on Thursday, to see the extent of the market reaction given the data that came across. So, for example, core CPI is probably what we focus on more than anything. And that's what the Fed was trying to get to stay around 2%. And then after they released their revised inflation framework, they said, well, it could be between 2 and 2.5 over time. And of course, COVID threw that out the window. And now we're sort of grambling to do what we can to deal with inflation that appears to be more than transitory. It's questionable as to whether or not Fed policy is going to make much of a dent in something that is largely supply side driven. But nonetheless, the Fed is eager to tighten policy and the market is eager to view things like CPI as impacting the Fed's decision-making process. Case in point, CPI came in at 6.0 versus 5.9 forecast, a 0.1% beat. And that is a very small beat, and it is not the size of beat that would normally coincide with major movement in the bond market. This time, however, (laughs) it sent yields screaming to the highest levels in years. MBS sold off aggressively and rates shot up and over 4% in most cases and continue to be at 4% this week. So a very big reaction to a very small beat in CPI. Why might that have been the case? First off, it wasn't a necessarily a small jump from the previous month. So the previous month's reading for that particular metric was 5.5. So the half point increase in annual inflation, pretty big month over month, even though that was in line with Economist expectations, almost. The other thought is that the market was hoping to see things moderate a bit more. They said, wow, the market's already expecting a four-tenths of a percent increase, so maybe we're not going to see quite that much. But then when we saw more, it was sort of extra surprising. Either way, the takeaway for financial markets was a very quick move to price in an additional size in the rate hike that is already guaranteed to happen in March, pending utter catastrophe and it would be very weird for the Fed to hike by 50 basis points. Nonetheless, more than half of the market thought that, well, roughly half the market thought that before CPI, and almost the entire market thought that after CPI, which is just, it's outrageous. We haven't had a 50 basis point hike in decades, decade. And the Fed's been pretty clear in communicating, hey, if we do that, we'll probably just hike once in March and once in May. And nonetheless, the uh, rate hike expectations increased very quickly that translated to higher rates across the curve, spilling over to 10-year yields. It affects short-term yields more than anything, but it uh, definitely affected the long end as well. Later in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. the Fed's president, Bullard, who I have in the past characterized as a robot designed by the Fed to float trial balloon (laughs) ideas out to see how the market would react, did his normal thing of floating some crazy ideas out there, and the market definitely reacted. In a nutshell, he just said, He'd like to see 100 basis points of rate hikes by July and a 50 basis point hike at the March meeting. So just the very bleeding edge of the aggressive side of the Fed spectrum. There was a lot of attention paid to Bullard on the news. He was back on the news this morning. He was mm-hmm. not the biggest market mover on Thursday. So it was interesting and he did move markets, yeah. but just Not as much as CPI, but nonetheless, it sort of started this whole. I don't know. You you see these things happen from time to time, especially Mm -hmm. people who read Zero Hedge, where we -hmm. get these ideas or an idea gets spun in a certain way that doesn't represent reality. And so, for instance, we have a scheduled Fed board meeting today, that is just like many other Fed meetings that are scheduled in an obscure section of the site that people never go to. The same meeting happened January 18th, December 14th, December 6th, November 16th. All of these. Closed door Fed meetings, but the spin on it was that this was the Fed's way to announce an emergency rate hike. Preposterous. It's not happening. It won't happen. An emergency rate hike is pretty silly. I can see a need for an emergency rate cut, right, to soothe markets that are panicking about some new shock, but you don't really need an emergency rate hike. And in any event, the details of this meeting were well known ahead of time to anybody who was paying rational attention. So, I would urge the listenership not to jump to conclusions if you see a headline that says the Fed's going into this closed-door meeting to do an emergency rate hike. They're not. They are going to hike rates, and probably a lot, unless things change in terms of inflation, but they'll do that in more of a measured pace. And if they do a 50 basis point hike, in my opinion, even though the numbers don't agree with me right now, in my opinion it would still be more likely to happen once in March than once in May, as opposed to 50 basis points all in March. So I know we need to wrap up, but end of the week, everything reversed course in grand fashion with headlines regarding the likelihood of a Russian invasion of Ukraine. So this gave us a risk off bid to Mm bonds, a flight to safety, hurt stocks, and made for an uncertain weekend. Now coming into the new week, we have comments from Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov saying that hey, guys, we're not invading Ukraine. We're still going to do the diplomacy thing. So believe them if you want or don't. I don't care, but markets believed them enough to bounce back in the other direction quite a bit. Ten-year yields back up and over 2%. MBS down almost three-eighths of a point. Rates definitely staying over 4% today. And we're playing a waiting game, waiting to see if there is a Ukraine invasion that happens this week. That would be probably the key market mover if it happens, but not enough in and of itself to change the narrative for rates unless things got pretty crazy. Definitely much more crazy than they got in uh, 2014, and I'm sure that is a justification for lower rates that we'd probably be fine avoiding for now. But up, up, and away for rates, if we can find some support.
3: So we got some questions in for listeners. One question came in is, how much market movement do you anticipate in the event that Russia does invade
1: Ukraine?
2: Yeah, it, it depends on the nature of the U.S. involvement and the magnitude of the conflict. So if it's anything like it was in 2014, which we barely remember at this point, it has essentially no impact. And it didn't have an impact then either. Uh, A few headlines caused an intraday bump here and there, but it wasn't the thematic market mover. If the U.S. gets involved in a ground war with Russia in Ukraine, then who really knows, right? So the counterpoint is that there is an inflation component because there's something about some oil over there, I don't know, and then that Mm -hmm. could keep upward pressure on inflation and could sort of offset some of the bond buying motivations that might otherwise come from geopolitical conflict. Anyway, it would have to blow up and get really ugly for it to push back too meaningfully against the upward pressure that we're seeing from Fed policy expectations.
3: So but another question that came in is Zero Hedge. You mentioned that in your report, several people wrote and said, what is that? You go to zerohedge.com. They've heard a lot of conflict and several says, don't use that, it's not good. Don't, don't go there. But so the are a couple of comments, open questions. Is this a good website to go to, or is it just like, don't bother?
2: The, the, yeah, the, the thing about ZH, as we call it, is they do a yeah. good job of putting out news wires quickly on their Twitter mm-hmm. feed, as do several other sites, mostly sites that ZH follows and then copies. But it's very sensationalistic, and they will twist a headline to make seem like it's really interesting when in fact it's not. Sometimes it is, and sometimes it's right, and sometimes they they actually have decent stories, but they're pretty reliably alarmist, sensationalistic, quick bait.
3: Get eyeballs, not necessarily give out facts, or the way they give out the facts is questionable. Jack, you want any comments on today's market and what Matt just reported on? Well,
0: Yes, David. First of all, I agree with Matt. Geopolitical events typically do not have a significant and lasting impact on the markets. But one of the things that I just wanted to mention today, I love looking at prior period forecasts and matching them up against the current reality. And I was looking this morning at the MBA's forecast for interest rates, and they had forecasted the 30-year fixed rate in Q4 to finally breach the 4% mark. I was also reading a survey of the top 200 lenders in the United States, their current pricing this morning for a conventional 30-year fixed rate, 80% LTV, FICO 700 to 760 on a purchase transaction, and it was 4.2%. And mm-hmm. that really lines up with the NBA forecast or Q two of twenty twenty three. So looks like we're about a year ahead on the interest rate forecast. So it'll be interesting to see what that does for an already dismal projection for origination volume, what three point nine nine trillion in twenty twenty one forecasting a 2.6 trillion in 2022. So we're looking at a 35% decline in origination volume and that may modify because we're already over 4% today. So just yeah. a couple interesting statistic to give our viewership.
3: Yeah, excellent stuff. And one other question just came from one of our listeners and it says they've adjusted their screens because the data wasn't showing before. There's a 30-year UMBS at 3% is what they're saying. Is that the best one to have up on the upper right-hand corner of MBS Live?
2: Yeah, that's why we put the gold star next to it. So Uh 3.0 arguably would be inferior to 3.5 currently, but we have so much more Liquidity in threes, that they're still the best place to watch for intraday risk and movement. Still waiting for 3.5 to find some better liquidity.
3: Good job. So much information on this website. Appreciate it very much. I love some of the comments about PennyMac, one of our sponsors. And I forward some of that feedback over to them because I think it's a great website. Encouraging people to go there and look at it. Lots of chatter about who's doing what. Penny Mac was in the news a bit in some of the check columns there. So good job, Matt. Love what you're doing. Check out the website by going to mbslive.net. And when you sign up for the trial period, you can do so for an extended period without the use of a credit card. So Appreciate it. Many, many of you already have signed up.
4: Alice Alvey, so good to have you here. I wanted to talk about two things that we've mentioned briefly in past reports, but I felt like I needed to get a little bit more information out to all of our listeners. The first one is the Fannie and Freddie desktop appraisal topic. And just making sure everybody's geared up for this, March 6th LPA accept loan. So Freddie Mac picks up on this earlier on March 6th. And Fannie Mae will have DU runs eligible for this on March 19th. Two new appraisal forms you want to make sure you've checked out. So the appraiser essentially will choose between a hybrid or a desktop appraisal based on whether or not they've ever done any field work on that subject property. But you'll look for the feedback message from the agency that says that, the desktop is available to be used on that particular transaction. So we've had some folks questioning, what if the house has had lots of improvements? What if it's really important for them Mm -hmm. to get into the house? And if you read deep into the memos, you can see that interior photographs can be submitted by the builder if it's newer or if it's the realtor. So there are ways to make this work and still get your appraisal back on time. So hopefully everybody's been able to think through their processes, Think through change of circumstances, for example, if you get started and now you need a legitimate loan increase. So both agencies say no loan increase. If the desktop comes in higher, for example, you can't increase the loan amount with it. Your loan amount's got to stay the same. But we all know that change happens with mortgage borrowers. And if you really do need to walk through going back and get a full appraisal, you're going to be pushing that loan all the way back to address change of circumstance and the increased appraisal fee and really make sure you've got yourself buttoned up on that one. If you decide you need to go back for a legitimate increase in the loan amount. So policies are being set around that. Good luck, everybody out there. So the mm-hmm. self-employed borrower, as long as you have the 2020 tax return, which most of us are getting now anyway, as long as you've got that, then those older requirements are going away. With the exception of the verification still has to be done within 20 business days of the note so just a heads up there i just wanted to clarify that aspect i think i said it kind of fast last week and just wanted to make sure everybody was clear that you've got to have those 2020 tax returns where i don't yeah. need to get the bank statements still need all the p l's and make sure you get that stuff right this time of year but no more bank statements and then last but not least don't forget the comment window period is still open for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's request for public comment about fees. They're trying to get to the bottom of what are junk fees, when are lenders overcharging. There's a lot in here that has to do more with payday lenders. So please, as an industry, we've got to comment on this. So we are not upcharging on our fees. We've got enough regulation and redisclosure going on that most lenders don't go down that road. But we're still gonna have to defend ourselves in here and make sure CFPD is very well aware of, in the mortgage industry, what our position is on various fees. So the interesting part for this to comment is you've got to go to their news section of their website. It's not under the rules open for comment yet. So I found it because they had a press release and you want to make sure that you grab it there to go out to comment. So a little bit of a heads up there. And last but not least, I sent you a link, Dave. The housing funding program Mm -hmm. is open. A lot of states are approved. And there is a chart out there. Some states are still in pilot programs. So check out that homeowner's fund that's available for your homeowners who are struggling in foreclosure and make sure they get available assistance from the almost $10 billion that came out of the U.S. Treasury to help fund borrowers in foreclosure. We sent the link to Dave so he can put it on his website. So that's out there for your borrowers and friends who are struggling to make their mortgage payments. Back to you, Dave.
3: That's good to report. Also, last week on the 8th, on Tuesday, last week, we released the interview that Jack and I did with Alan Weiss. That was really interesting, Alice, about the appraisals and encourage all of our listeners to go out and listen to the interview I did with Alan Weiss. It was just fantastic. What he does with Weiss Analytics as well as Val Shield is fascinating, very interesting, and encourage every one of our listeners to go back and check it out. And Alice, I'd love to get your thoughts on it when you get a chance to go listen to it. I know you've been super busy, but several people have already commented on and say, ask Alice about this. I love the, the technology they built there at the Union Home. They ask Alice technology. And so someone picked up on that when we talked earlier. You said we could just say, ask Alice. So this is my ask Alice request. What does she think? Is this some of the information and the technology that's in there? This is this going to help the appraisal issues. So anyway, people want to know what Alice thinks. Imagine that. Thank you, Alice. Appreciate it so much. Alan Pollack is here with a tech update this week. Alan, good to hear from you. We got some feedback on that survey you talked about. And I know several people have reached out for information about it. But Alan, what you got this week?
1: Oh, yeah. Great survey. And uh, for anyone that likes that kind of information, there's also ICE Mortgage just announced what they call their Technology Innovation Award. So that one was more focused the the survey on borrower sentiment in the industry, but so it's kind of interesting you try and tie borrowers to what's happening with tech, right? And so with ICE Mortgage having so many vendors integrating with them, you want to check that out too. They just announced their 2022 technology innovation award winners and they also explain why they picked their top picks, which leverages basically automation and data. And looking at better experience for borrowers, so check that out. And anyone else needs a link to the survey from last week, feel free to message us, and we'll share that link with you promptly. Also, get this, David: twenty-four billion dollars will be spent this year on Valentine's Day, and it's actually oh. not as much as last year. Actually, 2020, 20, 27 billion was spent, but it dropped in twenty-one to twenty-one billion, and now it's back to twenty-three billion, so a little short of the twenty-seven billion in twenty-twenty but still at all-time highs, and restaurant reservations are up 30% in 2022. I don't know if that's 30% since pre-pandemic or average over X amount of years, but we're on the move. We're back out. We're, we're doing great stuff. Just wish there was more inventory in the market and rates would stay low, right? That would be the ultimate wake up and have Christmas morning every day, and it would work for everybody. But let's talk about uh, Super Bowl, right? Yeah. So all kinds of crazy stuff on the Super Bowl. One thing which I thought was really, really interesting was Rocket Mortgage. So two things going on. They had a square. Everyone bets on the squares for the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Well, they have their own contest online. They gave $50,000 for things like touchdowns, field goals, et cetera. So if you happen to have been a part of that, I'm sure there was millions of people that did it hopefully you won the 50 grand. But separate than that, they didn't have as many mortgage articles or mortgage advertisements as I thought there would be. There was a, basically, it was a dream house, a Barbie dream house with Anna Kendrick and Barbie. And they had a staring contest and they basically went through, you can make up anything you want. So it's on YouTube. If you want to check it out, please do. And what's really funny is some of the ads, I think we've completely shifted that to <laughs> how we look at what the advertisements are. So I think the yeah. best one this year was McDonald's. It's just a bunch of people that say, can I get a... Uh, and they basically pull up to the drive-thru window and they're not sure what they want. And they just paused. And then someone finally said, can I get some chicken nuggets? And they said, well, what sauce do you want? And they said, uh... So it was really funny. You're all prepared, right? You're like, I'm not going to mess it up this time. And, and then they say, okay, your order is $15. And you're like, wait, I wasn't done. McDonald's hit the nail on the head with that one. Peyton Manning was in at least four commercials. So he's probably the mm-hmm. the most commercialized Super Bowl athlete the other one that was really good, the NFL football commercial is pretty good. It's like Indians in the Cupboard, and it was obviously sponsored by the NFL, and it was these right. players basically come out of a video game and come to life in somebody's house, and they mess up the entire house. That was really good. But was the good. big was one, good. right? This was called the Crypto Bowl. That was the big term all week mm-hmm. long, and I thought crypto was going to jump. By the way, Bitcoin is only up just a hair, I mean less than a percentage. But on a seven-day volume, it's down. Almost all of the major cryptocurrencies are down on a seven-day volume. And I'm not going to try and steal your thunder, Matt, because I don't know how to really talk about the market as well as you do. But if you just go to crypto.com and take a look at the different coins and such, but nobody really had a bump. However, the best crypto commercial, David, was Coinbase. And what they Mm -hmm. had was music for 30 seconds and a QR code that did nothing but bounce around the screen. And I did scan the QR code. And I wound up with a website and a special offer, $15 if you signed up. Then there was eToro, there was FTX and a bunch of other ones. FTX was like, don't be like Larry David. For those of you that have seen the HBO special, (laughs) Caribbean Enthusiasm is very much Larry David style. And at the end, they said, don't be like Larry, which is great. The other big thing, David, talking about trends, right, and where we're going and how I'm going to connect it to mortgage in a second, we'll see. Electric cars. I mean, Chevy must have spent a ton on the electric Silverado because not only was it on TV, but in the evening when I went back to get some work done before Monday, it was all over the internet. It was all over YouTube. So they have invested a ton of money, but there was a lot of electric cars. I even saw randomly scrolling through Facebook, somebody said that their kid wanted the new Hyundai electric car. They now want a Hyundai because it's electric. So it was uh, a lot. And then streaming networks, right? Lots of commercials for streaming networks. So We've gone to where everyone had cable connected to their house, to their mobile device, paying for a service, by the way, a consumable, monthly reoccurring consumable for streaming networks. Seems to be definitely resilient to the economy and to inflation. And then the other thing on top of that is Uber Eats, right? There was some things about Metaverse. There were some things about uh, Super Bowl had their own app. Everything was about mobile, was about the new way of going, how borrowers are. Not very much on smart speakers. If you remember years prior, it was all smart speakers. There was one where the smart speaker did everything it shouldn't. Like it interrupted like a human being. So there was a guy, he was on a date with his girlfriend or his wife, and everything he said, the smart speaker, because it's always listening, jumped in and said that he was lying or he was incorrect about that, which is really funny. But, yeah. So borrowers are going mobile. We are borrowers. We're going mobile. That's where everything's going. So, Just kind of throw that out there for this week, kind of use the time up to talk about that. And then, David, I'll leave us with talking about education. I talked about access lending last week. They're not a sponsor of the program. Maybe we'll talk to them and get them to be sponsors, but I just love what they're doing. And somebody made a comment to me this week that I wanted to share. Education opens opportunity, right? And so what do you call someone that graduated from dental school? The first and the last in their graduate program. It's a dentist, right? Talks like a duck, walks like a duck. It's probably a duck. So education opens opportunity. It's super important in our industry. So let's continue that trend, especially knowing how hard it can be to break into this great industry we're in, especially in the technology side, right? Unless you have the tools and the connections and the integrations and the cash, you can't break in. Let's change that, right? Let's help people get into this industry to continue to bring bright ideas, bring borrowers in, bring young people in. Let's get people to help us continue to expand in technology to move us forward. So that's it for this week, David. Yep.
3: Good. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Alan. Get a hold of alan at tms-advisors.com. Alan, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Have a great rest of your week. Folks, that wraps up the weekly mortgage updates. Uh, You can listen to this on each and every one of the previous episodes, or you can listen to each segment by going up in the menu bar up above and do the drop downs, and you'll see it. You can listen to everyone's uh, segments are just stacked up there. And we love hearing from you on the app and look for some suggestions as well as what we could do better to help you. So appreciate it. For this next podcast coming up next week, we talked about what's going on with interest rates and how a lot of people are looking at where interest rates are going. So we reached out to Les Parker, and he's going to join us live next week and answer a lot of questions. So especially the one question... I've got is he made a prediction earlier that Alice wrote down, we all wrote down because it was pretty astounding, was he said it is very possible. He didn't say it will, but it's very possible that we could see the 10-year Treasury back under 1% for a period of time. What's he talking about with that? We're going to ask him that question and many other questions next week on the it on Lending Hot Topic segment. So stay tuned. We'll be back with that one next week. So, but intra week, if you're going in see seeing more on our website, you'll see all the new podcasts we're releasing intra week during that. So, we've expanded beyond just the flagship podcast here we have on Mondays to uh, cover more and more topics that are out there that need to get covered. And so, that's a lot as a result of your requests, listeners. So appreciate it. Again, thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, Lenders One, Mobility MMI, Modix, the MBA, Knowledge Coupe, the Mortgage Collaborative, Snapdoc Success Kit, Lender Toolkit, PennyMac, Mac, as well as Total Expert. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great week. I look forward to having you back here next week.
1: You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.